Welcome back to another episode of Vikings Happy Hour brought to you by Lake Monster Brewing, Eastside Jiu-Jitsu, and That's Badass Wood Art. Remember to go to that'sbadasswoodart.com for a 20% off any one item with promo code CTPOCKET. If you take a look at my background just over my head here, I got my own wood art, uh, custom wood art of Randy Moss. It's, it's hanging out here in the living room. I get, love to see it. So, Dude, it looks so sick. Dude, I need to get one. Yeah, it's really awesome, actually. Yeah, Luis does a great job. So definitely go check it out. You know, you won't be disappointed. How are we doing, Miles? Good, man. It's been a while. You've been kind of out of pocket. Obviously, post-draft, I feel like everybody's been busy heading into the summer. So good to have you back. Yeah, yeah I, you know, it's, I think it's been like three, three, four weeks, something like that. Yeah, I had people messaging me, are you still even doing your podcast? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, just traveling for work and, and kids, yep. uh, baseball and all that stuff. But Excited to be back. Excited to talk a little bit about the OTAs and uh, kind of just general offseason talk. I uh, thought maybe it would be good for us to dive in a little bit into um, players, specific players, you know, uh, more specifically, which players have something to prove? What do they, you know, who needs to kind of show up and show out this year uh, in training camp to be able to make the roster or to uh, show, I guess, extra what they have to make sure that we make the right decisions and starting them. Uh, and then maybe a couple of guys that we want to talk about who are at risk of, you know, potentially getting cut or traded uh, because of, you know, decisions, we, decisions we made during the off season. So, um, so why don't you get us started? Let's kind of dive into the topic of, uh, who has something to prove uh, and to either make the, ro- not maybe make the roster, but, you know, earn their starting spot or, you know, get a, to make the roster or whatever it might be. Yeah. Well, so the Vikings kind of have a, a few guys coming out of that 2020 draft, the JJ draft the, where, you know, they're all in contract years. You got KJ Osborne, Ezra Cleveland, Troy Dye, like all of these guys outside of Justin Jefferson, who is probably going to get paid a, a lot of money this summer. Um, you know, deservedly so, so, but like, yeah, you got, but you got guys like Ezra Cleveland and KJ Osborne who have both had impacts on this offense, but they haven't really like established themselves enough to warrant a potential extension yet. And I think those are guys heading into training camp that, and into the regular season that could really fortify those long-term solutions for themselves, whether it's here or elsewhere. Obviously you like to keep your, your guys as much as possible. And so I think if both guys could, you know, establish themselves, you want to keep them. But KJ has kind of got Jordan Addison nipping at his heels and in a contract year to be that wide receiver too. And I know in, in an offense, it's kind of overplayed where we're like wide receiver one, wide receiver two, wide receiver three. It's more of just like how many targets you can warrant for yourself more than anything. And I think KJ's at least proven that he he's just deserves an opportunity to really be a, a feature in this offense, maybe even more than he's been the last couple of years. And can he continue that trajectory? And can he hold off guys like Jordan Addison, who was a first-round pick? Um, and so I'm excited to see what he can do this year um, with Adam Thielen gone. I think it's clear that he's going to have the first crack at being that guy to play opposite JJ. Um, so he's one. Then Ezra Cleveland, who is, you know, was drafted as a, in the second round as a an offensive tackle, moved into guard, played right guard as a rookie, shifted back over to the left side, a left guard the last couple of years, and he's had a really roller coaster career so far and is, is he a guy you want to like continue down the path long term with I, I honestly don't know he's a I think his pass blocking could be better um I think there's just there's still some maybe progression that could be made there and with that transition from offensive tackle I hope 
he could be a guy that maybe you can do that with, but he's also a guy that is he worth paying? And I don't know. I I don't think he's a guy that you like cut like a Cam Dantzler who the Vikings moved on from from that same draft class as earlier this this year. But um, I think he's a guy that at least has proven that he could be a starter in this league. Um, yeah. But can he maybe take that next step just in, with with that consistency, especially? So those are two guys for me that are probably guaranteed roster locks, but but guys that long term, how do they look at? on the horizon with it, with this team and, uh, and getting paid. Yeah. I, and I agree with both of those, right. KJ Osborne definitely has a lot to prove that even to be like a very strong wide receiver three, if you want to say that to your point, like, I don't think it's going to be delineated that way. Um, it's going to be more focused on targets, but you know, when you have, uh, you know, obviously a superstar in Justin Jefferson, you have a highly invested first round pick in Jordan Addison, and then you have quite a big investment in, in, TJ Hawkinson right. uh, at, at the tight end position, those three are going to likely take precedent in, in the scheming of who's going to get targets here. Um, so he's going to be fighting for his target share as the fourth option. Um, and is he going to be able to make enough of an impact to be able to get paid um, or can he make it? Yeah. I mean, not even just get paid by us. Right. But get mm-hmm. a big payday next, next off season. So he's got a lot to prove here. I think this year um, and throughout training camp to say, Hey, I'm deserving of that wider, you know, that that's um, either number two or number three in target share. Right. Um, And then, yeah, Ezra Cleveland, what's crazy is he was the eighth ranked offensive guard last year and he was still that roller coaster of a player. Yeah. So it's like, it's kind of frustrating to kind of see that. And then to see who got paid this year, I think like Chris Lindstrom was the top paid guard this year. Um, I I can't remember the exact numbers, but I want to say it was like 18 to 20 a year. It was lie. something like a ridiculous. And then uh, I, again, I forget who the other benchmark was, but it was probably, it was somebody just below Ezra Cleveland's tier and still was at about 14 million with us investing already a lot in Brian O'Neill. We invested actually kind of minimally in, in Garrett Bradbury, but knowing that we have uh Christian Derrissaw coming on the horizon, there's going to get a big payday. I just don't know if, if we're going to have the cap space, honestly, to do that. But if he can show right. up and show out, uh, maybe we give it that to him. Maybe he earns a bigger payday next year. Uh, ben pa- uh, I think ben, ben Powers was was the guy probably. That's uh, exactly what I was thinking of. And I think he got, got like 13. Yep, he got 13 from the Broncos. Yeah. Um, and so, like, is that what Ezra Cleveland's, like, going to make? <laughs> right? Like, that's the hard part. Is, like, and, if he, and, like, deservedly so, right? Like, he's, he's mm-hmm. better than Ben Powers is, at least, uh, you know, on paper. And um, – and and so he he deserves that money, but like, do we have the money to pay? We're gonna have open cap space next year. Kirk Cousins right. is likely gone again. We don't know for sure, but um, so we might be able to make it work. But it's kind of a tough uh, tough determination. But it would be nice if we ended up getting a young quarterback next year um, uh, to to have a very strong and established offensive line for that person, and right. plus a good weapons. So. Um, I'm going to switch to the other side of the ball for for uh, at least one individual that I'm going to talk about here. Um, and obviously, no surprise who I will be talking about is Brian Asamoah. Uh, and the reason why is we basically put a lot of trust in him this offseason by saying goodbye to Eric Kendricks. Obviously, I know we try to make things work with Kendricks and, and he, you know, a lot of that was more money 
um, driven, but we drafted Asamoah when we did and where we did for a reason. And that was the succession planning of Eric Hendricks. So he has massive shoes to fill because Eric Hendricks was such a, like a, a lock in, in this defense for so long, such a, you know, we talk about consistency with one of the most, if not the most consistent player on this defense over since 2015. So having a, a massive hole, not, not in production because it's not like Eric Hendricks was like all-star these last two years or whatnot, but still a, a presence presence mm-hmm. is a big thing in football, I think. And uh, Osimo has got to bring that energy, bring that leadership. You kind of saw that in flashes last year and in, in the opportunities he was given, but now you, you had no expectations last year, even from me, his biggest fan uh, of, of this fan base of him. I had expectations, I think, of maybe getting starting reps mid-year, mid to late year. Mm-hmm. So I didn't expect much from him last year. But well, now these more, expect- more for a guy like uh, Jordan Hicks, too, right? Not a, not even Eric Hendricks. He thought maybe he could take over Jordan Hicks. That's what I meant. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So it's like, so now you have such elevated expectations of how well you're going to produce based on the minimal reps we did see where he played really well. I think he graded out like as a 90 overall PFF rating in his, in his limited starting snaps. So like he's got big shoes to uh, expectations that he's got to live up to. And that starts in training camp by starting off strong and, and, and setting the tone right away. Um, And then the other player I wanted to talk about. uh, and, And again, this is kind of a, uh, not so much uh, the expectation of him stepping in and, and being an all-star right away, like we're thinking of with Asamoa, but is is Andrew Booth. Can you stay healthy? You have a lot to prove just from a health perspective through OTAs and training camp. Can you come in, run these off-season programs, stay healthy throughout them, and be ready for week one? And whether you're a starter, hopefully you are because you're drafted in the second round to essentially be a starter for this team, or you're you're working your way into the starting lineup and, and a rotational guy. I need you to show it's a big showing here of can you be healthy for one full off season and give us a little bit of hope that you can stay healthy early on in this season and and hopefully produce at a second uh, second round graded player right. Yeah. Um, so so I'm excited to see that. I was very excited about that draft pick. I said okay. it multiple times throughout that draft process that hey if Andrew Booth's there at what were you we picking 14. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it was 14 initially. I would take him at 14 because his skill set is that of a 14 overall, a 14th overall pick. He, w- he um, was he was good enough to be a first round pick. The injuries and medicals were, were the biggest things that really dropped him into the draft. Exactly. So 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 just get healthy, stay healthy, work with this training staff, follow what they're telling you to do, and hopefully you can you know have a good you know sophomore campaign here. Yeah, you know what I love about the two players you mentioned. And from like a Vikings perspective, is Brian Osamoa, the, the Vikings didn't retread. They didn't decide, hey, we need to have an established vet in front of these guys anymore. For both Andrew Booth and 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 Brian Osamoa, it was uh we're gonna let these guys like compete and like win these, give them the first first go at winning these winning these jobs. And they didn't really bring in like true established vets to like solidify in front of them. Like you don't have a Patrick Peterson kind of making making Andrew Booth kind of wait wait his turn. Yes, I know they have Byron Murphy, but like he's his own he's his own entity in the, in that defense, right? He's kind of like that established one player, but but from like a cornerback perspective, it's like hey, that those second and third cornerback room uh, positions are wide open. 
And Andrew Booth should be that first guy to step up and, and try to take it. Same with Brian Asamoa. They got rid of Eric Kendricks, and they didn't bring in anybody that, like, is is so – like, Troy Reader's a fine depth piece and special teams player, but they didn't bring in anybody that you're like, oh, man, that guy really is going to challenge Brian Asamoa for that job. No, it's Brian Asamoa's job. And if he loses it, that's on him. It's right. not because of some veteran that the, the that the team and the defense, like the defensive coordinators are like gushing about that, you know, I got to have my veterans. They're like, no, we're going to let you guys really have a crack at these jobs. And I think that's super important for how this, how far this, this defense can go because they really have, don't really have established long-term success with the recent draft picks on defense over the last few years. And I think it's, uh, it's really important to, to let these guys really have that trial by fire. Yep, Absolutely. And then one final one final guy to talk about quick on just something to prove uh, going into this year uh, that I wanted to mention is Marcus Davenport. A lot of That's questions about that. A lot of questions about that signing, right? Why are we bringing in a guy and paying him that much for half a sack last year, right? And obviously, there's you know there's a lot more that goes into sacks, and and you know he had a lot of pressures and and, and things like that. So you know I, I think he's got to get rid of the stigma that we just paid a lot of money for a half a sack in 2022 player. Right. So I want him to be able to come in again, be another player that needs to get healthy, be healthy, and then just come in here and show, Hey, we got rid of Zadarius Smith for a reason. We paid you for a reason. Let's prove that you can be the player you were in 2021 where you had nine sacks and, and get consistently get after the ball, uh, the, the quarterback there. Um, so that's another player. I think that obviously I don't know how much he can prove that obviously in OTAs, but again, staying healthy and just making some flash impact, uh, plays would would be significant for him and the confidence that he's going to get from this fan base that's a good one i think that's a really good one especially once the dairy smith got traded um yeah um my last one is, is going to go back to the offensive side um it's it's two players but same same type of role position is jalen rager and brandon powell obviously so jalen rager's situation is his contract's guaranteed it's a little over two million i think it's like 2.4 million dollars um so you can't cut him without eating all that 2.4 million. Um, but they've also brought in Brandon Powell, who's a very similar type of player. He's a gadget style, quick twitch, smaller type of receiver who's good in reverses, you know, quick screens, all those, those types of things. But he's also a really good punt returner. And that's what Jalen Rager was also brought in for last year when the Vikings traded for him. Those guys kind of have a competition to say, to see who could be that, that guy. Um, because that punt return job is, is the one that's up for grabs. And then anybody that could be a gadget role which these two players, that redundancy is there. Can Brandon Powell come in and, and overtake that role that Jalen Rager kind of had um, positioned himself for? And I think for me, Jaylen, that might make Jalen Rager like a trade candidate more than a cup candidate this, this, this offseason, this camp, hanging into camp. And no, I wouldn't expect any sort of type of like significant return. But what we've seen from other trades where like Ross Blacklock, where the Vikings give a seventh, and Jalen Rager to get a six back or like pick swaps, like late round pick swaps, just to kind of take that contract off more than anything. Yep. Or can Jalen Rager come in and, and really prove having a first, his first full off season in this offense um, that maybe there is something left um, for the Vikings to really invest in, in the short term and, and keep him around. So I'm kind of excited to see how that plays out because that punt return job, Rager had some flashes last year, which we saw as, as a punt returner. Um, but he also had some 
you know, some fumbles and, and, and some like miss, miss block, uh, miss reads and those types of things. Brandon Powell has been a, um, a pretty consistent power turner the last couple of years with the yep. Rams. And I think um, there might be a little bit more confidence with Kevin O'Connell having that knowledge of Brandon Powell from his time in, in LA. And so we'll see where that, that like battle comes out, but I see that as a true competition between those guys. And so I think there's something to tr- prove for both of them. And so we'll see how that, how that plays out. Yeah. I can't imagine we keep both of those guys. Um, I wouldn't, so, I wouldn't and, and Brandon Powell is easy to move off of. You eat, you can eat money with Rager. That's fine. But you know, yeah, a, a seventh and uh, him and a seventh for a six or something like that might mm-hmm. be, might be the play if we need to move on from him. Um, any other players, uh, you know, we're obviously now talking maybe cut trade kind of candidates here. Any other players on your radar where you're like, Hey, if they can't show to be more than what they've been, um, in, yeah. in the, on the, for this team that you would say, Hey, we, we may look at cutting or trading this individual. Yeah, I think there's probably two names. So defensively, that's it's definitely got to be guys like Ross Blacklock, who took a pay cut, was Vikings traded for him last year, took a pay cut um, this year to stick around. But the Vikings brought in, you know, some competition. You know, they brought Tyrus Tonga, Tonga back. They brought in Dean Lowry. They have they, they drafted, they tra- traded up in the fifth round to get Jaquil and uh, Roy. They have uh, uh, Seizi Otomo. Like, they have some – Jonathan Bullard came back as well. Like, they have these guys that could take those snaps from Ross Blacklock, who didn't really show much last year when the Vikings traded for him. And so he's the guy that's and, kind of – And James that. Lynch is still there who, and, and you know, again, he has point. flashes. You know, he that's has – I mean, too. he's not consistent, yeah. but he has flashes. And those two might be competing for that for, for that job, like for that depth piece, right. that depth job, Ross and uh, Blacklock and, and James Lynch. So um, that's, a, that's another good one. And then my last one would probably be um, – where did it go? Who was I thinking of? Um, uh, DJ Wanham. So again, with the, the trade of, of, of Zadarius Smith, it's kind of tough to, to warrant moving off any of your edge rushers right now. But I think I wouldn't be surprised if the Vikings brought in another veteran, maybe even on the cheap, just to kind of have that depth and competition. But DJ Wanham's really, there was his first couple of years where I know there was some excitement around him. I thought he'd be a really good fit for this, uh, like three, four outside linebacker just because of that, his athleticism. But he didn't really show a lot last year, as much as you kind of would hope. Patrick Jones was kind of the guy that really step, stepped up, who I thought maybe he was more of a tweener in, the, in a 3-4. But he seemed to, to kind of fit um, that role a little bit better than, than DJ Wanham did last year. So he's a guy that I, I could see, like, I wouldn't call it like a surprise cut at this point, but someone who maybe you, you move off of because there just isn't enough, enough there and you'd rather bring in a veteran that could kind of bring a little bit more true – competition and, and depth so that's an interesting one for me yeah absolutely um i don't think i have anyone really to add the only you know maybe the only person we kind of mentioned him a little bit earlier was like a, a guy like troy die um, yeah again yeah. because not that we are super like stacked at linebacker you know but we have established in in jordan hicks and brian asamoa you have troy reader who is brought in he, there's some familiarity there right uh, but and then we have some young guys that we brought in throughout the throughout the offseason process here most notably ivan pace jr and you know with his ability, and I think we all on this show really, really liked Ivan Pace um, throughout the draft process. He could really push Troy Reader for that spot. Now I know they like, or not Troy Reader, Troy Die, uh, or both really. But um, you know, Troy Die is on the last year of his contract. 
you know, he's got something to prove as you kind of had mentioned earlier uh, in, in this episode. And again, I know we're kind of nitpicking here about backup players, but like literally, you know, he, he's shown flashes, but he's also shown like moments of like, just, ugh. so if can I, Ivan Pace come in here and really establish himself as like the go-to backup linebacker if Hicks or Osimo need a need a, a break or if they get hurt? Um, so I, th- I think Troy Dye's got something to be maybe concerned about, and I don't know much about you know Bo Plan or Huber or yeah. um, or whatnot, but you know the um, and even uh, and I don't know how to say his last name, but the William uh, Wenku Wenku. And, and yeah, yeah, that's a good I thought I thought he like I mean, granted, we're talking preseason games, but I thought he even he flashed a bit in preseason games. So it's like, granted, it's against the lesser competition because he was typically going against third stringers, second and third stringers. But he even made some flashes last year in, in preseason games. So it, yeah. it will just be interesting to kind of see how that uh, backup linebacker spot ends up getting uh, flushed out. Definitely, and I think the other one is I forgot to mention Louis uh, Luigi Villain. As a yeah. like, competition for DJ Wanham, who who actually showed out as an undrafted free agent last year, and so he could be a guy that really pushes Wanham. Um, the other the other one, the last thing I want to mention is like Greg Joseph. The Vikings didn't really they brought him back. He had an up and down year last year. He hit some really big kicks, um, but also like missed some some ones that you would expect him to make, and um, kind of had that up and down. They brought him back, but I, I don't really know anything about this Jack Pudlesny. Podlesny, however you say his name, but he was an SEC kicker. And I think I'm not saying he's going to take the job, but it's just something to keep an eye on any sort of kicking competition. This time last year, we had no idea Ryan Wright was going to come in and take that punting job. Right. Right. Maybe that's, maybe that's the same situation we see here with, with, uh, with uh, the undrafted kicker they brought in. Well, yeah. And I love that they're doing that. Right. I mean, even yeah. last year we tried to do this as well with Gabe Burkich uh, from Oklahoma and obviously he, oh, didn't, yeah. he, he didn't kick very well, but you bring in that competition, it pushes uh, Greg Joseph to be better. And if he's not, you know, you have somebody who's going to, you know, come through and win. And and that's what Ryan Wright did. He he knocked out a very established vet, and 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 he played extremely well. And maybe this Pud Pudlesny or whatever <laughs> uh, yeah. can do the same. So. Um, well, very good. No, great content here. Miles, as always, I appreciate you jumping on with me to kind of talk through some of the, these talking points here. Um, as always, everyone, make sure you're liking and subscribing to this con- uh, to our channel to keep receiving this great content. Uh, we're going to have a lot more coming out over the next few weeks as things start to pick up a little bit now that we have OTAs kind of kicked off and yeah, more off-season activities are happening. We're going to see a, a, a bit more content for us to talk about. So uh, make sure you like and subscribe and uh, check in with us next time. Thanks for listening.